Hey. Hey. hey! Welcome back to the sixth episode of Book Club Podcast! <laughs> <laughs> okay! So today. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> we're going. Please keep it going. We can't have to do So today we're reading Everything, Everything by Nicole Yoon. Nicola Yoon. Okay, um, this book was rated 4.5 out of 5 stars in Bonds and Nobles. 96% of us. Google, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, you can't. We're done. Are you done? No, we keep it going. Okay, 90- this is just a blooper. Start 96% over. 96% of this book. Okay, okay, we're just going to start talking about the book. So basically. Okay, no. <laughs> it also won Teen Choice Awards. It just basically was really ranked about. It's a really good book. 10 out of 10. Go. Okay. So, at the beginning of the book, I thought it was really sad how she couldn't go outside and I, like, couldn't imagine having to stay inside for 18 years. And then when she, like, got a boyfriend or whatever on the outside. A neighbor, Ollie. Yeah, and they, like, couldn't, like, I don't know. Like, interact. Yeah, like, normal, like, a normal relationship. I thought it was really sad. Yeah, see, at first, like, I thought the book was, well, I don't know if it is a true story, but I thought it was very fictional, um... Not just, like, the story itself, but the disease, because, I mean, of course, I was, I don't don't really know what disease people are fighting, but I just didn't really think this was realistic. Um, But then again, I believed it for the time being, because people are out there with tons of different disorders and diseases I don't even know about, but this was really shaking to me, um, because as we talked about earlier, um, this girl has been inside her house for 18 years, has not taken a breath of fresh air. Um, and like Colleen said, she's just turned 18, and she was like, I just, like, yeah, I just couldn't, I couldn't imagine, like, having my full 18 years of life just being stuck inside this little isolated bubble. Like, we always talk about here being at Hill, like, we're in a bubble, but like, this girl, Maddie, was legit in a bubble and couldn't get out. Also, like, with that, she was like, she like worked hard, and I just like read it, like, thinking about, like, what, like, what is she working hard for if she's never, like, like, her mom made her study and stuff like that, and like, read endlessly and all this stuff like what is she really doing this for uh she's like not gonna be able to go to college not gonna be able to get a job not gonna be able to leave her house Mm -hmm. um so it's kind of heartbreaking thinking about that but the light of the story that i found though was like really the moment that she got to step outside yeah like it was hard watching it because she did get a little like fatigued i guess because she her immune deficiency was just not where it needed to be um but what was so, like, crazy about that is, like, even though she was stuck in that bubble, she found a way to, like, get, like, escape and, like, make life worth living. Well, even, like, even after 18 escaped, years. it was, like, enlightening and humbling thinking about how she could, like, find her own happiness. Yeah. And this, like, life that she made for herself. Well, it didn't even make for herself. was forced upon herself by her mother, who... Psycho. We all know. Literally, I... When I read this, I thought the mom was insane when I found out that she made everything up. So basically what happens is that like her It's all a lie. Yeah. So her husband and son got in a car accident and died and she didn't want she was like really scared that she was gonna be alone in life and so she basically made up this whole thing about how her daughter had this immune deficiency like disorder and couldn't like was allergic to the outside world and all this stuff and basically trapped her inside thinking that's what was best for her and how she would like stay the most safe when in reality it was just not what was the best for her and so actually like beyond what's in the beginning like i didn't really see it coming that this was all like, yeah, a mom. 
But I, I after realizing it by the end of the book, um, we see the author adding this antagonist of like the nurse who provokes her into having these thoughts of like leaving because she knows that what she's doing every single day to help her stay healthy and safe is all fake. Um, and by the end of the book, when the nurse really pops off um, and goes on to her mom saying how she like she's just treating her unfair, how she's like a psycho, as Hess said. Um, and really, you see that, like, all through the book, but you wouldn't have noticed it until you figured out that this was all, like, a scam. But I think that was interesting how the author, like, added an antagonist that would, like, make you foreshadow. Yeah. And, like, in the beginning of the book, I thought the mom was, like, super, like, nice and, like, doing all these things for her daughter. Like, first off, like, keeping her, with knowing that she has this disorder and like having to spend all this money on like the nice. air vacuum for when they like walk in the house like like yeah. cleaning and everything like that I just thought it like the mom was like basically like a god and then when you hear that she faked this whole thing it like it changes in an instant like you th- you thought she was like so amazing and now you think she's like the worst person ever I also thought it was like amazing how like her being locked up all this time she really only had one dream and that was to see the ocean like yeah. To us, that's so, like, simple to go see, but, like, just imagine, like, being locked up, that's the only thing that she really cared about is, like, I think that was, like, really yeah. touching. Beyond all, like, the drama and stuff of this, like, I think this book is just really, like, enjoyable to like, read and stuff like that because of the romance aspect of it. It's just, like, a heartthrobber after we see, like, Ollie, like, have this dedication to her to, like, literally love her and stay with her even if this is, like, the case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's that part of it, too, that's really just those effects. <laughs> so if we all could rate it. Um, out of 10? Yeah. Of... Yeah, 8 out of 10. Okay, I thought it was a good 8 out of 10. I would say like 8 or 9. This was like one of my favorite books. Yeah. It like... resonated with me. Probably top out of at least what we've read. Yeah, I would say 9.5. Because like I really read it one day. It was really stuck yeah. with me. Sweet. Okay. But thanks. Bye. 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 Hey. 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 Welcome back to Book Club. Uh, today's book is The Last Lecture. Um, written by Jeffrey Zaslow and Randy Posh, the man himself. Um, <laughs> what else to say about it? 4.3 out of 5 wrote it on Goodreads and 4.4 out of 5 on Barnes & Nobles. 93% of Google users like this book. It's a biography. <laughs> Um, originally published in 2008. Okay, so a little bit about the book to summarize for a second. Um, as Logan said, Randy, he did write this book, but it was, it's all about his life. So it starts out with him getting diagnosed, uh, with a pretty late stage of pancreatic cancer that like is basically a death sentence for him. But, um, he is a professor at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, pretty pretty known professor, and um, the book just takes along um, his path of like him getting diagnosed and how he do- like how he adapts his life after that in order to make it like the fullest it can be. Um, but so Carnegie wanted him to do like a last lecture, like just like his final thoughts on like the world. Um, but his family, he had really, really, like, really young um, young children, um, didn't want him to do that because they really wanted to cherish the time they had left with him because they did know that he was going to die super soon. Um, but he did what his passion taught him to do, which was 
go teach, which I thought was pretty amazing. I thought this was, like, a really powerful book just because he had to stay, like, really strong, not only for himself, but for his wife and kids because, obviously, like, he was going to die so soon. Um, And just to, like, be able to go up and give that lecture in front of I don't know how many people, and he literally, like, he did push-ups in front of them, and he was like, this, I'm not affected by this at all, like, like, blah, 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 basically, like, don't be sad for me, and I won't be sad for you, like, he was really just, like, looking death straight in the eyes and telling people that it was nothing. It's also just, like, humbling, like, thinking about how this man can, like, preach happiness and having fun, like, even though he, like, knows the numbers of, like, life that he has, like, the days of, like, life he has left, and, like, for me, like, I forget to charge my laptop for school, and I, like, ruins my whole day. And so I just think it's, like, truly incredible that people can, like, withstand, like, the adversity that they get and, like, still have this positive outlook. It really, like, makes me think about, like, how I react to things and stuff like that. So I, like, really enjoyed this book and it was really eye-opening. Yeah, I can agree. It was super eye-opening, especially, like, I just can't even imagine, like, being in his position, like, being so successful and then, like, having a family. Like, he moved his entire life from Pittsburgh to Virginia only because of this diagnosis, diagnosis, just so he could spend time with his family. And he obviously loved what he did so much to go back and do what he loved for this university, which I thought was really amazing. Yeah, and he's just, like, being so strong for himself and his family and, like, the people around him. I just think he's an inspiration and highly recommend this book. Yeah, we or, even listened to it a little bit. His, yeah, we did. The lecture, I and thought that was... Along with that, he's also just, like, funny and, like... Um, he was, positive. he's literally cracking jokes, like, and he probably only had, like, however many days to live. Like, yeah. this guy is just, he was insane. Yeah, it's really powerful and moving. But yeah, really, really 10 out of 10 rating. Yeah, I highly recommend. Yeah. Really good. It's not like a, like a boring biography, like, it's, yeah, I agree. it's fascinating in my opinion. Yeah. I think another powerful thing about the book was that he, like, still had dreams and aspirations for his life even though like he had such little time like in the lecture he talks about his like his like bucket list almost and it was like playing the NFL like stuff like that stuff that he knew he wasn't going to be able to like do but he still dreamed of doing them yeah it was like one of those things that reminded me of the song by Brian McKnight like live like you were dying he like lifts all lists all these things like what he wants to do yeah before he dies and like this guy truly like fit that song and like made it come true and like i don't know once again it's just like inspiring and eye-opening to me yeah it's like he like really accepted what was happening to him and just made the best out of it yeah i think it's really inspiring it makes me think twice yeah 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 all right all right that's it bye bye hey 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 welcome back to another episode of Book Club. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay, so we're back today and a little different than usual. We're doing an autobiography. Um, a historical autobiography instead of, you know, some fictional book that's fun and fresh. Anyway, but we're reading or we read The Four Perfect Pebbles and now we're reviewing it. It was written or originally published in 1996. Oh frick, it's a biography. A biography, <laughs> and it was published in 1996 um, by Lila Pearl. Um, four out of five rate stars on Barnes and Nobles. 90%, 91% of Google users like this book.
Okay, so, so we'll, we'll feedback about the author. She was supposed to come to the Hill and speak to us about her Holocaust um, story, and she never did. So that's so that's why we decided to read this book. Yeah. Um. Okay. So just to start off with like the title, um, for Perfect Pebbles. So basically, um, it has like obviously a much deeper meaning than just like what it seems on the surface. Um. The whole time she was, like, going through this endeavor, um, she kept four pebbles in her pocket around the same size that represented her family, which was herself, her brother, her mom, and her dad. Um, and she just really kept them by her side the whole time through this whole experience. Yeah, so um, the main character is obviously Marion. Um, I cannot say her name. Marion Lausanne, I would say. Um... She and her family were sent to a concentration camp in northwestern Germany called Bergen-Belsen. It's also that same concentration camp that Anne Frank and her sister went to, which I found was pretty interesting to, like, we all know the diary of Anne Frank, but, like, to see another perspective of someone else who was also there who survived um, while Anne Frank did not is pretty um, amazing, I think. And it just goes through her story, just, like, um, going through, like, at the start finish of World War Two, which I think is like really amazing that we still have people who are alive that can talk about it to this day. Also she like with her lessons she also goes around to speak as we said and with that, um, more about her. She like touches on more about not just the facts, but she like applies the lessons. Obviously she learned a lot and was changed a lot through this event. But um she learns the lessons and presents about like the lessons that she learned and how it affects like today's society and like how what she experienced like relates to today's society so it's more of just like her telling her story and getting sympathy to like way more like deeper things which is also really respectable and impressive and yeah what she came to speak to us i think that like we don't understand how strong these people actually were like just to like go through the like this whole the holocaust like and the only thing you can really rely on is the fact that you have like four pebbles in your pocket to remember like the your like entire family and like you only have pebbles to like remember like remind yourself of that is really um it takes a lot just to like think about how that's all she had um and yeah, I'm sure that there's yeah I'm sure there is like so many other stories like that and I think we take today like today we take for granted like what we have and I reading this book it really just was an eye-opener yeah also it like brought back not memories but like it reminded me of the book we read last year called night which is also a hot throb a heart throbbing book about like another um I guess autobiography autobiography anyway um <laughs> of a young boy and his father and his family that were separated in the concentration camps and how he survived and everything he went through and stuff like that and just these stories just like make you realize what passed there pretty much yeah and what i found was really cool about like her story and it's just like amazing she was 16 when she got out of like the holocaust like out of where she was out of her camp and into america which i thought was actually amazing because when when I normally learn about the Holocaust, like, those who are, like, very young, and let alone being female, like, they were, like, killed instantly, yet she survived way past 16, yeah. like, like, she's still alive today, which I think is absolutely amazing. Um, 
kind of going off what I said earlier about how, like, these people had to be so strong. Like, I couldn't imagine having to, like, retell this story so many times. Like, she, like, I, I don't know if, well, I mean, I guess it's kind of what she wanted, like, once is to, like, tell her story. But just to be reminded of all the things that happened, like, good and bad, is just, like, I don't think I would ever be able to do that and have to, like... Like, she was 16 when she got out. She probably started telling her story, like, like a little bit later than that. And I don't I don't know how old she is right now, but yeah. she, she's been doing this her whole life. And to be identified as, like, a Holocaust survivor is just, like, I don't know if, like, I don't know. That's just kind of upsetting. Like, I feel like her whole identity is based off, like, this one thing that happened to her and... <clears throat> no one else is going to remember her for anything but, like, that. Yeah, and, like, her entire childhood was, like, ruined by this. Yeah. Like, when we think of our childhood, it was, like, watching TV shows and, like, playing sports and, like, doing stuff like that. Like, her childhood was literally being stuck in a concentration camp with one piece of bread to eat for a breakfast, lunch, and dinner each day, which is just insane to think about, that someone's life was just treated so, so roughly. Um... Yeah. Yeah, so I thought this was a really good book. Yeah, um, would recommend. I also think she's a great. It's person. not just like a boring biography. Like, yeah, I think she's a great person. What she's doing just is really strong and impressive. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Hey. 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 Welcome back <laughs> to our podcast. Uh, today we're talking about Dear John. Dear John is a Nicholas Sparks novel, but it's also a movie. Um, well, it's, it's a romance novel that was released in 2006. Um, twelve ninety nine on Audible. <laughs> oh, wait, Apple Books. <laughs> okay. And that's it. Oh, and then, yeah, go. <laughs> okay, so to talk about, like, the background behind um, the title of the book. So it's called Dear John because... Um, a Dear John letter is when a guy goes off to the military and leaves his spouse or girlfriend um, back home in, like, the States. And the only way of communication is through letters, obviously. So, but, um... They yeah, the definition is, like, a letter from a woman or man, or to a man, especially a serviceman, uh, ter- terminating. terminating. Yeah, so basically they're terminating breaking up their letter. First. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that is exactly what happens um, in this book, so... John is off into um, the, I guess, Iraq in the military. And his girlfriend at the time, um, like, they they really, like, don't have, like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, they're not, like, together, but, like, they're together. (laughs) Anyway. They're talking. Yeah. They're in the talks. Oh, yeah, they're a thing. I'm a thing. Yeah. And so, um... They, like, know each other for, like, two months. They spent, like, the entire summer together, and then they had to leave. So they talk all over letters or whatever, and they were, like, completely happy. It was fine, dandy. And then just, like, the letter stopped sending, and then one came back, and the girl was sent him a Dear John letter, and, like, they broke up. But then he had to come home because his dad was sick, and um, he passed away. And while he, was, while he was home, he went and visited her and to find out that she is married to uh, one of her longtime family friends who had a son who was autistic without, a, like, without the mother in the picture. So she married him, who then became really sick and passed away so that she can 
um, take custody of the autistic child, which it's like a huge love triangle kind of. It wasn't really even love between right. the the dad and with the autistic son. Yeah, and that's her. like the real question. Like she did it for. Yeah, I th- I just time. I just thought it was kind of like an unfortunate situation. Like she's doing a good thing, but like. Like, did she want, like, was she benefiting from it at all? Like, by giving her life to this family to help them and to, like, serve their medical purposes? Like, I felt like she was really at a loss here. Um, And especially at the end, like, um, I thought it was going to go one way and they were, like, going to get back together. But when they didn't, I was a little thrown off because in most, like, books like this, it's like they ended up getting back together and it's like really obvious but it really threw me for a loop when they didn't yeah it's like really sad to think about like putting yourself in like john's shoes like imagine like fighting a war like it's not like oh he was like on vacation like he was literally like at war and just like his only hope really was savannah who was like his girlfriend at the time and then he like i feel like savannah when she sent that letter it was just like crashed like nothing he had no hope anymore he just it was pointless for what he was doing which I thought was really sad yeah just like the way it ends I don't know it's just like as Tess said like you expect it to be a true love story and how like in all the movies like they get back together and it's like happy ever happily ever after but like I don't know this is more like real and realistic and like love doesn't always work out like that and like life doesn't always work out like that but this was really sad yeah definitely tears down my face <laughs> yep okay bye bye Okay. Hey. Wait, I wait. Can you restart? No, can we please just go? <laughs> We're starting. Hey. Hey. Welcome back to our podcast. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Today we're doing The Book Thief. The Book Thief was a novel. <laughs> um, 94.4 out of 5 on Goodreads. Uh, published in 2005 by Marcus Zuzak. Mm-hmm. Um, and the narrator is Death, and Colin will continue to speak about that. Okay, so, <laughs> <laughs> it's a book about Lisa and her family. So, Lisa and her family are not, like, Jewish, but they are growing up in, um, Germany during World War II, which is definitely the Holocaust. And, um, what's so crazy about this book in particular is that it is narrated by Death, like, like, Death, like. Like, you die. Yeah, but we get the words. Yeah, okay, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, what I think is really powerful about that is just to identify how much death was, like, around this time in that special place in Germany due to the Holocaust, um, as well as just, like, how Liesl goes against, like, her social norms to, like, do what she loves, which is reading, so... Um, she steals books. It's in the name of the title. She steals books because she's not allowed to really know what's going on or, like, read. So. Yeah, so, like, in these camps, like, you're actually, like, not allowed to have any source of, like, the outside world is what I think they, like, keep it at. And, like, I'm pretty sure the fact that she's, like, doing this is, like, very risky. But also just, like, shows how, like, mature and intellectual she is. And, like, she just wants to follow her passion. And, like, I also think it's really respectable that she's, like, like a lot of the other things we've done, she's like not letting everything that's happening to her like ruin everything. Like a lot of people would literally, I don't know, a lot of people take their own lives and stuff like that and like literally can't survive it. And she's like finding any escape from it, which is like very, very 
like respectable and impressive and I don't even know if any of us could do that and like it's just like a crazy story yeah I just like I feel like we've talked about this in a lot of podcasts with like um how these people like are pretty inspiring because they don't like let everything that's going on like hurt them or damp like put a damper on like their life and they really just like find what they love and continue to do it as like an escape through this whole time um and I just think that like it again goes to show how like today like people take for granted what they have and don't understand that we're getting such a great education and all this stuff and because like they didn't have the opportunity to get education or like even like read she's still like risking her life to go and like steal these books and and teach herself and like um like continue to like have that escape as of reading and I think that um we could all just take something away from this book yeah I just think it's like super powerful both like the deeper meanings behind it and also just like straight up what goes on like her family is literally protecting a, a Jewish kid Max like from ever getting captured by the Nazis like they're going against everything they're they're being told just to be like who they are and everyone dies (laughs) that's basically how it ends like all the good they're coming like they all like face death at some point which is like honestly really cool how the book shapes that with death being the narrator i think it's like like really sad like that the ending of the book is sad but also like kind of fulfilling the fact that like she like lived her life to the fullest even though it wasn't that long and knowing that she like was like happy with what like this decision she made and all that stuff um really made the ending like a lot more bearable yeah everything about this book was just like super powerful to me so I really enjoyed it <laughs> okay yeah. okay goodbye uh, all right we're done.